Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The first reading today is a reading from Genesis 9, verses 8 to 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, first chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you, my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. If you're like me, you love what you see in the world when it's right and beautiful. And there are things in creation that really speak to your heart. Um, For me, water is really important. And so on this day, when we focus on water, the flood, St. Peter talking about what baptism is about, The baptism of Jesus, I think of water. I think of all the forms of water. I'm a sailor, so I spend a lot of time on the water in Lake Michigan. And I think about it when it's calm and there's no wind. I'm disgusted I can't move. And I think about it when there's storms and the boat's being blown apart. And I say, save me. I think about it when I sit after a hike underneath a waterfall 
I think about it when it's just a mirror, when it's frothy. I think about it when I drink it and how lucky we are. I had a parish in Flint. I think about that when their water went bad and all that happened. How important water is. It means a lot to us. There are other things in creation that speak to us. Maybe it's the woods. Maybe it's a beautiful building. Maybe it's a relationship you have. Certainly at the birth of a child, you marvel at that gift that God can give us through each human being. And those are wonderful, wonderful things to hold in our heart and celebrate. And then in our world, sometimes those things that make for hope and grace in our lives are blown up. And when that happens, the world falls apart. And sometimes we call those kinds of brokenness, those broken relationships, the things that we do that just are not right. We call that sin, right? That's the brokenness of we human beings. That's why we confess our shortcomings. In the days of old, when the bards of the different tribes of Israel would tell stories, the story about the flood was one of the, the key stories that became a history of the covenant relationship that God has with people, right? We know that... Um, God had created the world and said it was good. And then somehow the world got messed up. And that really made God angry. In, in the oral traditions, those 1,500 years before Jesus was even around, and the tribes were like Bedouin tribes today in the deserts of Israel and Egypt, and you can imagine then the kinds of stories that were told as people looked at creation and how human beings looked at each other. And in the traditions that we have recorded in our Hebrew part of the Bible, then in the, in the book of Genesis, there are two voices that speak. One we call the priestly tradition, and one we call the Yahweh's tradition. And the way I read it, and maybe you don't read it this way, but let me share the way I read some of those stories. There are people who tell the stories of God, and they kind of look at the world as being a cup half full. And then there are stories that look at the world, and they tell the story, well, the cup is half empty. Let's think about Genesis. There are two creation stories in the first two chapters, right? The first one the world was created in a very orderly fashion, day one, day two, day three, et cetera, et cetera. That's the priestly tradition. It's a celebration of life because every time there was a day, what did God say? This is good. Then there's the Yahweh's tradition. Now, I imagine those folks were kind of the ones that worked the earth because they said that we human beings were not created just in the image of God like that, but rather by some dirt that God blew the breath, the spirit into. Those traditions then shape how we read that book and understand the story. And it's the Yahweh's tradition, the more earthly tradition, that sometimes talk about the world being half empty. Okay, name the stuff that's not so good. And the priestly tradition kept saying, well, no, there's hope and there's love. And those two traditions speak to us, don't they? 
In the flood story, when God was disgusted, said, I'm going to start all over. That's that Yahweh's tradition. What do you do? Well, you've got to do something. I'm going to start all over. But then the other story is, hmm, I'm not going to do this again. And as a marker for that, I'll place that rainbow in the sky. And I am going to bless every creature that came out of that ark. I'm going to bless human beings in such a way that they know love, hope, and peace, and grace in their hearts. And that became a covenant, a promise between God and God's people. And as we read through Scripture over the eons, then we read stories of covenants being established all the time with people, between God and the people. And that becomes a part of our religious tradition, doesn't it, to celebrate that. And that became then a part of the story of Jesus' baptism, using water and that baptismal font or the River Jordan as a way to say, remember, I established this covenant. I am whole with you and you are whole with me. You can live a, a life of grace and hope in the midst of all your human struggles because you are love. And then the spirit comes into the scene and breaks open. And this theophany says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He is my son. This happened a couple of other times. We heard it a couple of weeks ago at the transfiguration, right? That there is that statement that this is the new covenant. This is my son. Now you know that I love you so much that I come and live with you and walk with you. No matter where you are, in your life's journey. No matter if some days your cup is half empty or half full, I walk with you. And that's the gift that we're given. We celebrate every Sunday as we come together in community to worship that gift of wholeness and that gift of grace. We can look through history and we go, well, where was God when this happened? And where was God when that happened? And how do we understand those bad things? Those things that hurt us, that divide us as human beings. And God said, I'm always there. God demonstrated that by the way in which God lived God's life through Jesus Christ. We know that after he was baptized, and he spent that time in the desert. He spent three years walking and being with people who never had hope. Those who were marginalized, kicked out because they were too sick to be in the community, kicked out because they didn't, they didn't voice the party line of the emerging Jewish church. He would say, no, you know, I think this is what we ought to do. He would reach scripture as it was being written in those days and say, these prophecies come true in my coming because the covenant is complete in me. You love each other just as you have been loved. You treat each other as human beings. And so it's no surprise that Jesus sat with lepers and he talked with and sat and ate dinner with the tax collectors. And he would speak to the prostitutes and all those who were kicked out of the mainstream of the church and society. And he did that in such a way and was so threatening that the people who were in power, the people who saw the cup 
half empty said, you can't be like that. That's wrong. There are only certain people who are acceptable in God's kingdom. Only the ones that obey the law. Only those who give themselves only to God. They are the ones. And there is a prescribed way to live your life. And that was not what Jesus was about, was it? He was about helping people turn to the way of God in their own situation where they could experience hope and peace. And so whether in Jesus' time he lived in occupied Roman Empire, he knew what it was like to live under occupation as a Palestinian Jew. He knew that the church had already established rules that that somehow were inhumane in some ways. And, And so they said, we don't want this new prophet around. He's not the Messiah. And we Christians know the story of his death and resurrection that brings us back to the point where we can say there is hope in the world. The cup is half full. And God does make good on God's promise that I will always be with you no matter what happens. In the world today, in that part of the world where Jesus lived, breathed, walked, talked, and with us, there is such turmoil, right? What do we do? And how do we do it? And it's not any different than other places in the world, but it seems to, in any way, it touches my heart more because of that's the place where Jesus walked. And I have friends who live there and work there. And it's horrible. And it, it, it's, it's something that we look at our community in Milwaukee, and we're spending months trying to bring together some reconciliation between the three Abrahamic communities. Now, I mentioned earlier that Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland uh, was my pastor, and, and uh, at Redeemer, we're very active in the work of reconciliation. And one thing that comes to my mind is, I don't know, if Maddie was probably just a little toddler when she was the intern here. And Maddie is now working for the Lutheran Church in Lebanon and the Holy Lands. And she works for the bishop's office and um, is in charge of communications. And as the thousands of kids were being murdered, killed in Gaza, she said, what can we do? And um, one of the things that we did was both provide an income stream for uh, Palestinians, especially in the West Bank, where Maddie lives, and she works in, in Jerusalem, but where some of my friends are pastors too, how can we get money into that economy again? So they made a deal. We have a, a covenant, if you will, a promise. If the woodcarvers could carve 6,000 wooden hearts, representing at that time the 6,000 kids that are being killed in Gaza, We'll sell those. We'll, we'll sell those here in the United States, and all that money will go back to those woodcarvers who lost all their income because of the war, because everything shut down in the West Bank as well. And so we did that, and 6,000 hearts were carved. And then on 
the feast day of the slaughter of the holy innocents between Christmas and New Year's in the church of, um, I think it was the church of the Nativity in, Jew in uh, Bethlehem, they had a big worship service. All the Christians in the area came together and the Muslim who worshiped with them too, the woodcarvers and all that. And for each person, each child that was killed, a heart was placed on a white banner on the floor, remembering each child. And those hearts, the ones now that we have in our possessions, we remember that in our prayers, that God is even with those who were buried under the rubble, that God is with anybody who desires that peace and that hope in their lives. And I don't know, I tried to text our office administrator to see if we have any hearts left. If you want a heart to put in your pocket, you tell me afterwards, and I'll see if we can get some out here as well. That story demonstrates to me how God is always in the presence of those who are on the margins. That's the covenant. I will not leave anyone behind. I love all the creation, for it is good. It is good news to understand that. And those lives that we have as human beings in this time, don't we appreciate that gift of a loving God? When we feel that we're in that margin, when we feel alone, when we struggle with our own misdeeds, when we struggle with our own illnesses, we know that God is present and holds us in God's heart. That's good news. The ELCA has, for a long time, of course, had a relationship with the church in Lebanon and the Holy Lands. And 15, 20 years ago, we started a group called Peace Not Walls. And that's evolved now. And now it's, it's an organization that's, it's, that it lifts up the needs of the people in Palestine. And it builds on that relationships. And the group uh, is not peace, not walls anymore, but I'm going to get this right. It is now called Samud. Samud is an Arabic word that means we have it together, that, that we, we, will, we will be steadfast in and resilient in our work as people of hope. And if you go to the ELSA website, you can find some mood, and you will find a wonderful devotional that you can use in your own daily devotions that helps focus on the tragedy in that part of the world today. But it helps focus on our own needs as people of hope and faith in our worlds today. And I'm grateful for that kind of relationship that we have that way in which we can understand that God is at work not only here, but there. And may that God of peace, the God who brings Jesus Christ to our hearts, be the God that brings hope and grace to you in your life. As you journey together, called to serve here in Port Washington, in this congregation, bringing good news to this community and those all around you. God bless you in your journey. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. 
to learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.